1: Now, Druids, I've got some great news for those of our listeners out there who, like me, love a matte black finish on your clubs. As our great mates at Cobra have introduced a sleek all-black colorway of its popular LTDX drivers. The LTDX black drivers possess the same performance and design features as the standard LTDX models, but with the addition of a striking matte black finish on the crown and sole, and gray stripe details. And in more good news for those black finish lovers, Cobra has introduced a second colorway with the King Cobra Black Wedge. The wedge features a satin black QPQ finish, which is highly durable and helps reduce glare in the sunlight. The LTDX black drivers and wedges are available now. So for more information, visit CobraGolf.com. This is the 19th Tea Podcast, Kieran Marsh, Nathan Drudy back with you for another week. As I welcome in Droods, I'm going to get straight into the beers, mm. uh, a year boy, courtesy of our great friends at Gage Roads Brewing Company, and one that I would assume would be sitting quite well with you after a... a Fun and frivolity filled weekend for you at your Bucks party. Congratulations, mm. my friend, for joining me here on Monday night, first <laughs> and foremost. <laughs> yeah, congratulations
0: for surviving, I think, is yeah, is normally the, the term. No, great day. The boys did an excellent job. Obviously, we missed you over here, KM, but uh, you know, you save your trip to the to the to the west for the wedding. Uh, but no, it was a good day out in uh, we we played a bit of golf at ex-golf, our friends out there. Mm. So that was good fun and a bit of lawn bowls and watching a bit of first grade cricket. No, it was a good day. So enjoyed it
1: looks certainly to be a great day from my vantage point via Instagram and Hmm. some messages that we exchanged from over here on the East Coast. A couple of inquiries into me directly. Why didn't we have a live from the Bucks party? I know we discussed (laughs) a live from or some live from options across the weekend of the actual nuptials, but uh, uh, look, I am limited to one return trip for the upcoming Drudy wedding and I decided... um, Again, some may have questioned this decision, but I decided to put that (laughs) in the actual wedding itself. So, But great to see you had a good time. I do want to make special mention of two guests in particular uh, who attended Mm. your Bucks Party. Now, the theme was very broad uh, as come in some form of golfing attire. So quite vague, and that can be taken in a variety of different directions. Uh, These two gentlemen in particular came as, I, I can only assume came as you and I, Mm-hmm. uh because I, I, I think it would be too simple to say they just bought some merch bought some caps bought some t-shirts and turned up they went mm-hmm. to the extent of had the headphones the microphones so as they say uh, imitation is the highest form of flattery uh, and and I was very flattered uh, that they they thought uh, they would they would take that. That vague theme and turn it into we'll just go as uh their two favorite podcast co-hosts.
0: <laughs> That's exactly right. No, they did very well. Yeah. They they now that I think it was very funny early, on. Obviously we uh uh, X Golf, obviously the headphones with the wire not really that conducive to playing golf. And uh what's well, funny at one point I turned around to uh to Liam, one of the boys uh just ripping the wires out of the headphones. Uh just had had a gut full of those. Not not he wanted to keep the headphones on, but just wanted to remove the wires. So maybe a maybe a pair of wireless would he, have want to go on a straw. But uh he's easily best dressed.
1: I was trying to figure out which one was which particularly Liam's me with the wireless headphones as opposed mm. to you with the uh, the wire in there. Well um, these are these obviously-
0: are they, they are wireless. I just Mate, the, the technology, over, yeah, the tech over here. There's a bit going it. on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's all making for great TV as well for those people simply listening on the podcast, not uh, watching via YouTube. If sure. that's their own fault, you can, of course, tune into uh, the 19th TV podcast via YouTube and would encourage you to do so. If for nothing else than the entertaining facial gestures that we give each other each and every week. Uh, that's been a very long and drawn out introduction to tell you that we have a second winner uh, in the space for as many weeks on the Australian uh, Summer of Golf. Dian Lawson, yeah. uh, digger, as he is affectionately known, has broken through for a maiden professional victory at the WA Open. It looked for all intents and purposes, uh, and and I stopped short of texting you this, because I thought about it probably three or four times, particularly across Saturday. I'm glad I did, because I was essentially saying we've got some uh, PJ Championship feels here from last year. It looked like he was going to run away with it, as Jed Morgan did, but Certainly, in some more trying conditions on Sunday there in Perth, he didn't have it all his own way.
0: He didn't, no. Uh, and they were talking about that on the uh, on the broadcast as well. I think it was Kel Nagel had uh, he he's held the biggest win at a WA Open and and the lowest aggregate score. So they were starting to rattle off all the stats, and then the uh, the back nine rolled around and. Um, he even admitted post game that he started to probably take the foot off the gas a little bit and um, ended up going four over par on the back nine, um, including uh, three three bogeys, uh, one birdie, and a double on the par three sixteenth to come back in in thirty nine and end up only winning by two shots over Michael Sim, uh, who had an exceptional round of sixty four. But yeah, it was it, it was interesting. Obviously, it was quite wet. Uh, Dane Lawson doesn't wear a glove as well which is also interesting Mm. to note during um during the the wet conditions but um yeah it was it was it was quite enjoyable to watch because he's a guy that i think that you know we've we've seen go over to uh, go over to europe and try try his luck over there and um yeah i from all, all reports a hugely popular member of the tour and when i was out there on friday plenty of people saying jesus like he's absolutely golfing his ball at the moment so good to see him holding the trophy at the end
1: it's interesting, isn't it? You rattle off those stats in the 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 back nine on a Sunday usually would be fatal mm. uh, for a leader, but not the case for you. I think he started day eight ahead. It was seven or eight. Mm. I'm pretty sure it was eight. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he's done all his work across Thursday, Friday. I mean, 62 to open on Thursday, followed by a 63. Uh, incredible, uh, really, the lead that he held through 36 holes. And, and I think when you're going in with that sort of – a safety net, that sort of buffer, you, you can afford to, I suppose, get the slippery skates on uh, coming down the hill in the back nine. But it's fascinating, isn't it, when you're staring down the barrel of your first professional victory, just how things start to tighten up because he seems, for all intents and purposes, to be a very relaxed character. And that mm. that showed, I think, he, he felt very comfortable through the first couple of days. Not much was phasing him because the golf course was certainly asking questions of a lot of players uh, that he seemingly had the answers for, but just that added pressure when you, when you make the turn and you know, you've got nine holes standing between you and lifting a trophy for the first time. It's fascinating to see the effect it has.
0: Yeah. And I think big, big part of it as well was that Michael Sim, who was really the only competitor to him at the time was in the group ahead. So uh, with all due respect to to Jeffrey Guan and, and Laurie Flynn, um, they weren't really mounting a challenge in, Dayan's group in the in the in Dean's group, I believe, in the last group there anyway. So um yeah, he it was obviously uh yeah, he didn't really know what was going on. Obviously, Michael Sim up the up ahead uh was playing quite nicely, he had a six under par, as I mentioned, and and only ended up falling short by a couple of shots. So yeah, quite interesting. Uh many comments made about Dean Lawson over the over the week. Um, comparisons to uh obviously uh Mark Leishman. Shane Lowry, uh, in terms of looks, if those two had a baby, would this be Dean Lawson, quite possibly? Um, But yeah, no. From all reports, a hugely popular guy on the tour as well, and and I think someone that people were quite happy to see um, holding the trophy. He's, um, yeah, I I think, you know, it probably meant quite a bit more to him than what he gave you and Porter in the post game interview as well. I think, you know, he said it was still still uh, sinking in. So good, good for Dean.
1: Doesn't give much, old Dean. In the interview afterwards, I was uh, we obviously we did reach out if you'd like to do with each yeah. and every one of the winners, and um, we are we are yet to hear back, but uh, even if we were to, and hopefully, we still would love to have him on the show. I don't think it would be uh, one of our longer ones, he's he's a pretty to the point man. I saw an interview that he did, I mean, obviously, um, caught the great work that uh, Ports was doing on the course, as he always does, but I caught an interview, I think it might have been after friday's round that uh another good friend at the program tony webeck did mm. on the pga two of australia's social accounts and geez, they covered some ground in a, in a video that couldn't have been more than 62 or 63 seconds <laughs> they got through a lot of questions yeah it's exa-
0: exactly right i think that's well what you see is kind of what you get i think with DNC, so. but uh yeah he's got he's got the security set pretty high on the old instagram profile can't tag him in anything unless he follows you um so anyway, if you're listening, Dean, love, or if any Something. of the players are listening and are uh, with Digger, please, please reach you out. Um, but you mentioned you and Porter. Um, just as a side note, before we move away, like what an exceptional, exceptional broadcaster. Like mm. the quality of insight that he gives you from down on, down on the uh, course is just excellent. Obviously. Nick O'Hearn and the team doing some great stuff back in Melbourne as well, but there's only so much you can do from three and a half thousand kilometers away. And so for for Ports to really paint that picture for uh, people who was on the ground um, and obviously having been out on that course and and knowing that course as well, everything that he was saying was absolutely true and helped to really put that picture
1: together. So yeah, shout
0: out to Ports as well.
1: I agree, man. I think the same can be said of Pre uh, Lachlan the week before in Kalgoorlie. Yeah. Uh, I think the broadcast team has been exceptional. You know, um, Mark Allen, Nick O'Hearn, and Stacey Peters in the box do a fantastic job, and um, I'm sure we'll probably get uh, Ali Whitaker back for a few events. Uh, you know, in the the kind of big blue ribbon events when there's a break in the European. So I think we're very blessed with you know so much homegrown talent in the broadcast box. But yeah, Ports did an exceptional job on the ground, and I think for those of us, particularly on the East Coast, um, that's so important. I mean, you know, you, you, just your statement there about how accurately he reflected the reality of the WA Golf Club. Uh, so important to have someone on the ground telling that story because they're seemingly, and I've not yet had the, the, uh, the privilege to play, uh, might be might be a location for our next round in, uh, yes, in WA, maybe. I think. But uh, just probably what I think he did well that the camera doesn't didn't necessarily do, which is not a knock on the camera. It never does this. Cameras never show um, depth well or scale of um, inclines, declines, undulations well. It's it's such a tough thing to represent well in a broadcast of a golf course, and a number of holes there, there seems to be steep inclines or steep mm-hmm. declines. That you know, I think you and did a really good job at explaining not only the terrain, but the effect in terms of taking an extra club or, you know, a couple of the false fronts there that we weren't necessarily picking up on the TV. So yeah, I agree. Um, Ports is, uh, is very, very, very good at what he does. And I think we're lucky to lucky to have him as we are the remainder of the broadcast team.
0: Yeah. Agreed. And the only other one I want to shout out was just the team at WA golf club as well. Um, I know there'll probably, there'll probably be some players that we'll, we'll continue to talk about, but Damien, uh, the GM there who I'm very fortunate to know and, and his team, um, Idris, who's the superintendent? I mean, they had the course in exceptional condition. Um, I, I'm not sure if it was mentioned throughout the broadcast, but they didn't. Uh, they've only recently just completed a renovation on the 18th hole, uh, moving a whole bunch of uh bunkers and and there's one that plays significantly uphill. It is only um, it's a par five um coming in, and it's I don't think it's the longest par five on the on the course, but it's significantly uphill. Um. And the team out there did an exceptional job. They had um, they had marquees up. They had uh, a wonderful sort of corporate area uh, over the balcony, which overlooks the putting green and the ninth hole coming in, overlooks the city. Uh, it was fantastic. They did a wonderful, wonderful job. And, and I think it was reflected in the crowd numbers. I was out there Friday, Arvo, and they're – Barely could park on any of the streets surrounding the course, and there would have been at least hundred to hundred and fifty people watching Hayden Barron, Jared Felton, and uh, and Brett Rumford walk around on a Friday afternoon, which was fantastic. And and the numbers only ballooned over the weekend as well, even with a little bit of inclement weather. So, um, yeah, shout out to the team at WA Golf Club.
1: Yeah, I was really impressed. I mean, it's obviously a course that you've sung its praises for a period of time now and um, despite everything I've just said about broadcast, um, not often doing uh, the best of jobs at displaying the unique nuances of a course. It it came up really well on the TV. I Mm. think it looked fantastic. I really enjoyed as well, um, you know, again, for the benefit of those back here, the pieces that they were doing with the local players, particularly Hayden Barron, mm. on each hole, kind of you know recording a bit of a walk through, and, and those guys, particularly Hayden, at that course, you know he knows it like the back of his hand, right? So, I think, um, yeah, it was it, the way they did it is so you know <laughs> it's so important when you're playing tournaments on the other side of the country. We we often joke about it. We joked about it a lot when I lived there, mate. That it, it's almost a sense of pride being that mm. far away, but when you're trying to project, you know. Uh, Agreed. a tournament at a place. A majority of people will never have seen, let alone played. They're tuning in. I think they they painted a really, really good picture, certainly as best they could. And I think it added an element to the tournament, in, certainly from a viewing perspective.
0: Agreed. And if people want to become a member of the WA Golf Club, you can't. There's a waiting list. So I reckon it'd be, the, be one of the only clubs in WA at the moment that would have a waiting list. They've done a fantastic job off the back of COVID. Was there any other players that you wanted to to single out here as we maybe uh, run down the leaderboard a touch?
1: Look, yeah, I, there's probably a few. I think first and foremost, I mean, I mean we, we've spoken and mentioned his name a bit, but Michael Sim, um, 64 on Sunday. Uh, Perth boy too, so I'm sure there would have been a few people just raising the eyebrows a little bit. I mean, eight seemed insurmountable at the beginning of the day, but he was playing out of his skin. and Simmy's one of those guys, he just uh he just won't go away really mm. and I, I say that with as much respect and it, almost in an endearing way but for so long now we've been talking about this wave of talent coming through uh and you've still got these guys simmy um he probably belt me if you heard me say it but pikey i'd probably regard in that respect mm. there's guys that just continue to show that uh you, you can't count the uh, the journeyman probably the most respectful way to put it you can't count him out because they still have a lot of good golf left in them.
0: well that's right and you know currently sitting third on the order of merit as well and I know it's only two two tournaments in but it's a great start for him and and obviously you know we haven't spoken to him so we don't know what his career aspirations are right now but you can only put your best foot forward and he's he's certainly done that in two events here in WA so yeah really good showing uh big big crowd sort of following around um, all week. And, and, yeah, there probably was a little sense of belief maybe on the back nine when the wheels started to fall off a little bit for the Dan Lawson that uh, maybe Simi might get himself into a playoff, but it uh, wasn't to be.
1: Uh, and then the other one I probably want to single out here, uh, I did mention his name, uh, Druids, in mm. – the the preview of the first half I said uh, I, I said it was a is a name that I thought was going to feature uh, heavily maybe not necessarily this early but certainly towards the back end and he's he's already starting to buck his head and that's uh, that's young Jeffrey Guan uh, like through two tournaments uh, he had some impressive rounds that necessarily putting four together in Kalgoorlie I think he held the lead at one stage in Kalgoorlie if I'm not mistaken for at least a couple of holes yeah. maybe in the second Quite or possibly. third round he was very good again. Very, very good. And I think we'll only be far better for the experience of playing in a final group for the first time at a professional tournament. He, yeah, uh, yeah I, I continue to be impressed by uh, by the young amateur from, from Sydney.
0: Well, he was the 36-hole leader, I think, at the WA Open last mm-hmm. year. I think we spoke mm-hmm. about that. But he he's probably got one of the most pure swings out there at the moment. Um, he's... He kind of said a little bit of a statement early in in terms of um, the first hole at at WA golf club is a lengthy par three, 213 meters. uh, I think it was playing on Sunday and just used the slope to absolute perfection to knock it to about four feet and put it in for birdie early. And, and, you know, he was a fair distance back. I think, I think he might've been maybe 10 shots back off, uh, off Dean Lawson, but yeah, just, just a freak of talent at the moment. Like, there's no other better way to describe it. And they often cross down a you and Porter, who had obviously seen Jeffrey Guan play a lot through the, his his series that he's rolling out at the moment. So, yeah, they've been yeah been exceptional, and he is only going to get better, as you say. And I, I, the sky is the genuine limit. I know we've said it about a lot of a lot of these young kids that are coming through, but he could be scary good. Mm. Uh, the other one
1: for me. Uh, and I've probably got a bit of a soft spot for him, to be honest. He's been certainly one of my favourite chats we've had uh, across our time, but I also mentioned in that preview uh, amongst maybe a list of eight names that I rattled off because uh, I took a bit of took a bit of virtue with uh, your ability to let me maybe pick one or two that turned into a, a seemingly uh, first 11 of players I thought was going to do well across the summer, but it was Laurie Flynn, and mm. I said at the time that um, – my time spent out at the PGA last year, uh, whilst didn't necessarily translate to scores or the leaderboard, I thought he hit as pure a ball out there last year as anyone that I saw. I also, for whatever reason, I just love a lefty because it's so unique. <laughs> um, and Loz himself played well. I mean, you look at the four rounds, he, he's over par. He's too over par yeah. uh, on the first day. And he's even par on... Sunday, and he only finished with seven shots back yeah. uh, of the leader. So 63 and then a 62 on moving day uh, was was great from the lefties. So I'm um, impressed to see him playing in a final group as well. And I don't think – you'd be disappointed with an even par, um, 70 on, on Sunday, but a lot of good lessons learned to finish in a tie for fifth.
0: Yeah, a couple of probably avoidable mistakes, I think, when he when he looked back on on there. The double bogey on seven was – was relatively avoidable. So, um, yeah, he's, he's obviously going to learn from that. Uh, from my end, uh, obviously really good to see Dave Michaluzzi putting together some some nice yes. performances again. Finishes at 12 under in a tie for seventh. Um, so he he obviously continues to lead the order of merit, uh,
1: which is great to see. Early days. I also think, just sorry, on Mika, mm. um saves his best golf for Sunday if mm. you look at his round. So he comes down hits a 65, which is his best round of the four. You'd love to see that. Like there are, there are, I think there are certain things that you can hang your hat on early in a season if, you, if you're seeing, them, seeing some really sustainable things out of him, uh, I think with his chipping and his putting across the first two weeks. And if you're trending as well in the, in the right direction in terms of you playing your best golf, particularly on a weekend, that's that's what you want to see. And there's a lot of, for mine, early season hallmarks, that he's definitely heading in the right direction. So yeah. really good to see him. You know, back amongst the numbers again. Agreed, hundred percent agree.
0: Uh, the only other one, or a couple of others, sorry from my end. Uh, just a really good performance from Aaron Wilkin as well. Um, yes, you know, plays doesn't. You know, he's not. A, he, he was a great chat that we had on here, but probably by his own admission, he's not lighting the world on fire in turn in terms of his golf. But to finish uh, T seven alongside Mika and and also a friend of the show in in Jordan Zunick as well um, was really nice to see. And then. Josh Armstrong as well, uh, walked uh, sort of the back nine with him on on Friday and just absolutely murders the ball. Just drove the, uh, what hole am I, I can't even remember now, probably uh, 15, uh, 14 maybe, I think it was 14, drivable par four, um, 311 metres uh, to six feet. Um, Missed miss the eagle part, but just phenomenal. Uh, the ball striking. Um had a couple of probably pretty average bogeys in there. Uh, didn't really make too many putts. But, you know, if it goes to show uh, his length comparative to everyone else on the uh, – well, everyone else who at least made the cut, he was the only player on Sunday to eagle the 18th coming uphill. And, you know, that's it's it borders on being a genuine three-shotter for uh, the 18th. So he's got a lot of length and, um, you know, he's, he's absolutely – he, he said that he's feeling good. He's got a good season. He, it was a bit sore. He mentioned, but um, yeah, I'm sure once he gets back into his native uh, East Coast, he's gonna he's gonna fly
1: along this year. I've got no doubt about it. Great call out. It's on the same wavelength. Wilco was going to be well, one other that I said. I mean, started three over on Thursday. Mm. So to to hit three over the par on Thursday and finishing the top ten is a great effort. And yep. again, he was he was excellent over the weekend. And yeah, it was was a little bit scared almost of the manner in which uh, Armstrong was bullying his ball at times across the weekend. So, yeah, look, I think um, all things being said, an awesome opening uh, two weekends to the season. So got a little bit of um, little bit of time now. Obviously the, the players will make their way back over the East Coast. But yeah, I, really good showing from the two WA tournaments, particularly um, this weekend, just gone the W Open. And I think a lot of guys will be happy that they made the trip and bring a bit of momentum back. So great start. Um, Druids, we'll we'll update people. We've referenced the order of merit a few times, but just for the listeners benefit, uh, I know we've probably said it in passing a few times that there has been a change to the format of the order of merit this year, Uh, but I feel as though we've probably only gone into great detail once the news actually announced. So, Give them a little bit of a refresher in the sense that previously it's only been done by prize money, which has mm-hmm. meant you take an example like last year where our good friend Jed Morgan wins the PGA and everyone else struggles to catch him. Uh, it's still the basis of its prize money, but it's now probably more um, more relevant to the tournaments. You know, It, it does reward volume, uh, but it also is more relevant in terms of mm-hmm. rewarding the, the highest tournament. So just a little refresher, Dreads, if we can. Yep. in the format of the order of merit, and we'll go through for a bit of a rundown the list. Yeah, well, obviously more equitable as well.
0: being the, the total thing. So there's four, uh, four bands uh, essentially of how uh, of how that they've been categorised. So obviously band four being the top band, they are events that have a million dollars in prize money minimum, uh, and they they'll distribute four thousand points. Band three must be worth at least seven hundred and fifty thousand they'll assign 3,000 points, band two worth at least 400,000 and they'll have 2,000 points in band one events are worth at least 150K and we'll have a bank of 100,000 points to hand out. So obviously the first two weeks we've been in those band one. Uh, so in practice, essentially the winner of a band four event receives uh, 760 points, band three is worth 570, band two, 380 and band one, 190. So um, So that's the breakdown if you've got the the, I don't know if do you want to run through the schedule or, yeah. No, I think what pick we'll do, out a
1: yeah. Well, I think maybe what we'll do is we'll probably start to look at least in the early parts of the season, maybe at the top ten, and then as we kind of progress, we might look at some significant movers and shakers. As I'm sure that we'll we'll, we'll get through probably the the two big tournaments, which you'll see some jumps up and out of that top ten, respectively. I would have thought so. The top ten through two tournaments unsurprisingly uh with a win uh, and another impressive finish in the WA open as we flag david mikolczy uh leads uh 222.85 points he's 20 points ahead of dean lawson uh who's jumped up with that victory at wa golf club michael sim as you said rounds out the top 3 uh a fairly significant way back best part of 80 points ben ferguson in fourth christopher wood in fifth andrew martin in sixth jared felton uh, in seventh, Laurie Flynn in eighth, Denzel Eremire in ninth, and James Marcazzani rounds out the top 10 of the order of merit as it stands. And to give you uh, pardon me, an idea of scale, as I said, David Michelucci leads uh, to 22.85. Markazani rounds out the top 10 at 49.42 points. So definitely more equitable, but still an opportunity to put a bit of space between yourself and the remainder of the field with some consistent, be it wins or top five performances, droids.
0: Yeah, definitely, and most of those tournaments. Just having a quick look back, will um, will fall into that band one category of being between 150 and 400. k excuse me. Uh, only I think it was the New South Wales Open and maybe the New Zealand opener. 400 plus and then obviously you got the two big events uh, being there which will fall into band four i don't think there's anything in band three at this point in time so uh probably playing on that smaller scale in terms of points but definitely more equitable and, and a great decision and uh yeah just hearing a few murmurs around the grounds on friday uh, everyone was much happier to be playing for
1: points rather than
0: cash in terms of order america of i bet
1: i bet uh, anything else no. from the WA Open? I think that's probably enough. Uh, yeah. Where do we go from here? We got a break uh, this week? Or are yes. we? No, we do have a break, I
0: believe. I, we, I believe we have a break and then we got the Vic PGA. I think it's in two weeks' yeah.
1: time. Uh, uh, three, 100, week. we, three, three weeks. You're three? 100% right. 10th to the 13th of November, Mooner Links. So, yeah, that's that's three weeks. Nice little break. Uh, what it does do is give an opportunity for players to get home who uh, have been competing in uh, Q schools around the world, which we'll touch on momentarily. So I'm sure that's probably why it's been worked in. Uh, but that's good. We should have a very, very strong field, I would assume, for the big PGAs. We creep ever so closer to uh, the two biggies, the uh, Oz PGA and Oz Open. Uh, Drudes, to the PGA Tour. Uh, now, I posed a question. Last time we spoke, it was a question without notice. It was a question you gave considerable thought to. Um, the question was, are we seeing the best portion of golf of Rory McElroy's career? Uh, you pondered it for a while. I think you landed on most consistent. Yes. Uh, it was in the conversation for best, but certainly the most consistent. It's been proven again. He's a winner for the twenty-third time on the PGA Tour, a thirty-first time mm. worldwide, uh, and he reascends to world number one. Uh, Rory defends his CJ Cup title, and doing so, I think, really accentuates the conversation we were having. This, I firmly believe, that we are seeing the very best golf uh, of his career right now. Well.
0: You're probably right. You're, well, you're, you're definitely more right than you were last time when you asked the question. <laughs> um, what I will say up front is that I did not watch any of this because obviously I was watching the W A Open uh, all day Sunday, uh, and Saturday was completely out of the question for watching golf. So, right uh, off, I think they they tend <laughs> to call it yes. But I mean, looking back at some stats and some highlights, I mean it's it, it is a really impressive performance in the in the terms that he uh, led the field in strokes gained T degree and and Finished, and I say only 18th in strokes game putting. Um, so it feels like he's still got an element of improvement that he can make in amongst himself of in that putting game. And if he manages to turn that just even up another little notch, I think we're in for a very very scary Rory. Uh, he's going to obviously uh, feature heavily in terms of majors next year, as far as predictions from people. I mean, everyone's obviously going to want him to win the masters and he's always a, a lovable bet for, for the open and and any major really, but he, yeah, I, I just come back to the point KM, and, and probably my really where I sit with Rory is just to continue to do all of this in the face of what he is doing for the tour in terms of going out there and facing the short balls from everyone. He, yeah, it's incredibly, incredibly impressive and, and goes to show the, the mental strength of the man um, and the mental strength probably in the last two years has maybe been something that we've kind of questioned. Um, so yeah, that's, that's really where I ran out on Rory at the moment, as he talks up with number 23, I think you said.
1: 23 on the PGA Tour, 31st worldwide. Only 12 players now in the history of the game with more PGA Tour wins and more majors than Rory McIlroy. Let me roll off some of these names. Tiger Woods, Sam Snead, Jack Nicklaus, Ben Hogan, Arnold Palmer, Byron Nelson, Hagen, Phil Mickelson, Tom Watson, Gene Saras, and Lee Trevino, Gary Player. That's the full list of people we are talking about more successful in the history of golf Uh, then Rory McIlroy, rarefied air druids. I think he hit the nail on the head in terms of not only getting himself back to this point, but getting himself back to this point in spite of everything else going on in his life, not least of which becoming a father for the first time, uh, but everything that he's taken on, the, the full burden that he's carrying on behalf seemingly of the game. I spoke about that a lot. Uh, last time we had this conversation in the sense, yes, there's two primary players in the background, but there's only one consistently playing week in, week out on the tour and therefore facing questions week in, week out on the tour. The other, uh, yes, he's the greatest player of all time, but has been a recluse in this situation, right? So has that luxury and can do that. It clearly meant a lot to him. I don't know if you saw um, the, the interview on the 18th green after the victory, but uh, choking back tears. Talking about the fact that he's never enjoyed playing the game as much as he's enjoying it right now, um, that he has rediscovered his love for the game, um, and that the thing he's enjoying most about it, because he was pressed on on those statements, is is the the journey of continuing to find the best in himself. Uh, and I thought it was quite prophetic that he said, "I'll never figure this game out. Nobody will, but I'm really enjoying trying." Mm. And I, that there was something there. You know, I only had to cast my mind back two years. We were having quite literally the polar opposite conversation about this individual. There was his eyes were almost devoid of life. It was sluggish. There was no love. At the time, I felt like we were saying he needs a break. He just needs to walk away for a period of time. And to think that he's gone on that trajectory in that time since was quite remarkable. He is, uh, yeah, he's a generational talent. And, and I don't think there's any other way to look at it. And whether or not this lasts for three weeks back at world number one or whether it lasts for the next two years, I, I think it's, it's very, very special what we've seen from, from that individual to claw his way back to that position.
0: Yep. Yeah, agreed. I think you've absolutely nailed it there. There's no, yeah. I don't think there's much, there's too much more to add. I mean, every time we we record, I feel like that we add something to the Rory story, right? Like it's, we're, we're always continually pump his tires up and then, we yeah. sometimes, you know, deflate his ties around a major when he when he's not holding the trophy. But yeah, it, it's just another, you know, um, another feather in the cap of what's been an exceptional twenty twenty two. You know, we look back at the major record that he had this year. Um, obviously, as you said, defending his title, everything that's gone on off the off the field as well. Like it's it's been an incredibly, incredibly
1: impressive twenty twenty two for Rory McElroy. It's interesting, right? I, I, I don't know. There was a little, little video that went, I won't say it went viral. That's an overused word, but it it, uh, it, it hit my algorithm. That's for certain druids before the tournament. Uh, I'm not sure if you saw it, but he was doing his his scheduled press appearance uh, on, I think it might have been Wednesday. might have been the day before the start of the tournament. And young Tom, choo-choo train, Tommy Kim busted into, we didn't bust in, he probably subtly made his way into the back of the press conference. And took a question, so put his hand up. The microphone was brought over to him, and he asked Rory a question, um, and it was about how he handled early success and how he's managed to translate that into the remainder of his career. And gave it. I mean, I, I thought it was an excellent question from a guy who's now a two-time PGA Tour winner. Uh, you know, by the age of twenty, who uh, ironically was also scheduled to play with Rory through the first two days. So I don't know if he was just trying to preempt maybe a conversation over the next thirty-six mm. holes, but rory handled it beautifully you know he said first and foremost i don't think i've been as successful as early as you have been um he said it's harder to it's harder to stay at the top than it is to get to the top which i I thought was enormously prophetic when you consider he's now back at world number one having by virtue of winning this tournament the scottish sheffield not having his best weekend so he's now back at that grind of i can't i have the target on my back I'm the the sought-after player, and that's yeah. going to be harder than probably what the last two years have been back to get there. And then his third thing was his, his time. He said, you know, you've got to remember what got you here, and that was hard work because he actually looked at Tom Kimmy and said, I can count six sponsor labels on your shirt that you're wearing right now. That's six people who want six bits of your time, and it's only going to get worse. But you've always got to make time for what got you to where you are now, and that's just love and practice for the game. And But he is he is a treasure, I think. Uh, where he's kind of grown himself to, um, yeah, it's 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 very, very special, I think, uh, what we have in front of us. And hopefully we see it for a long time to come um, because mm. all too often we only appreciate this as much as we've done with Tiger after the fact that we're on the down, right? Yep. We never appreciate it when it's when it's still rising. It's, it's when it's on the down. So yep. I hope we can. Two little stats I just want to rattle off about Rory um, mm. before we cross that off. So... These two stood out to me the most. Uh, the first is from uh, Kyle Porter, uh, unsurprisingly for me. Mm-hmm. Love me a little Kyle Porter corner of the golf Twitter. Uh, he tweets today, how hard is sustained greatness? Only three golfers have had 10 plus year gaps between stints at number one. Uh, Tiger, 17 years between his first and most recent appearance at world number one. Greg Norman, funnily enough, at eleven and a half years, and now Rory at ten and a half years. The now the next closest, uh, Nick Faldo and Dustin Johnson both at three and a half years. So that's incredible that you know he joins uh, Tiger and Norman as having double digit figures in terms of years. And this the space printer is first world number one and last world number one, that's I think a, a, a picture of the sustained success that he's enjoyed. And I think maybe Drew's what illustrates that Um, in even better terms, is this, which was the top 10 in the world when he first Mm. ascended. Mm. Did you see this today?
0: Uh, I didn't see. I saw saw a similar tweet, but it wasn't about Rory.
1: So this was the top 10 when Rory first reached world number one at the Honda Classic in February of 2012 and their current ranking. So Rory, number one then, number one now. Luke Donald was number two in the world. He's currently 568th. Lee Westwood was number three, currently 107th. Martin Keimer was number four, currently 399th. Steve Stricker was fifth in the world, currently 964th. Webb Simpson was sixth in the world, currently 98th. Jason Day was seventh in the world, currently 146th. DJ was 8th in the world, currently 26th. Charles Schwartzel was ninth in the world, currently 141st. And the kicker, the world number 10, Drew, back in 2012 when Rory first ascended to world number one. The world number 10 was Hunter Mahan, who's currently 1,874th ranked player in the world. Impressive. Very impressive. impressive. Absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. What he has managed to do uh, in that in that space of time, yeah, he's uh, he's something else. He is. He's an absolute gem. Uh, nothing too much else for me from that tournament. We didn't have too many Aussies in the field. Jason Day, um, to his credit, showed a little bit of form. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he jumped up seven spots with a sixty-seven on Sunday to finish in a tie for eleventh. Cam Davis uh, started well, 66-66. Through Thursday, Friday, he was sitting in the top five comfortably, and then slid seventy-three, seventy across the weekend to finish in a tie for thirteenth. Uh, and I'm just making my way down. I think they were that was probably it, think. the only two Aussies in the field, yeah. um, and then maybe the only other one for me worth mentioning. John Rahm bobbed his head up, uh, which I think is exactly what you'd expect from John. Now he'll go quietly into the back into the European. I'm sure going on a run at the European. To a championship in the next couple of weeks, Re-emerge on the other side, Hawaii play well, and we'll be talking about him come the first major next year.
0: Yeah, exactly right. He's just gearing up. It's just just
1: just warming the engine up for
0: John Rahm. That's all it is, isn't he? Yeah.
1: Uh, that's the P- PGA Tour dudes. Pardon yep. me. Um, briefly wanted to mention the LPGA Tour mm-hmm. uh, for for two reasons. First of all, they're playing the BMW Ladies Championship in South Korea. The men were playing the CJ Cup. In South Carolina at the Congaree Course, which I really enjoy watching. Uh, I always enjoy watching firm and fast conditions and the and the challenges they present. I'm still trying to wrap my head around what was okay for the women to play in South Korea, but not the men. Yeah, I'm not sure. Doesn't and I, I don't get me wrong. I mean, it was a great tournament, and I, the reason i bring it up is Lydia Ko uh, won for the 18th time on the LPGA Tour. But yeah, I, I couldn't really wrap my head around. But, C- but CJ presents.
0: is a big South Korean company, like Correct. a massive Correct. South Korean company. It didn't make Correct. any sense at all. Like, no. um, I don't know, maybe does South Carolina have a large Korean population that they're trying to no. get some brand exposure into? I wouldn't have thought wouldn't
1: so. I wouldn't have thought so. No, it was, yeah, just an odd decision. Uh, but the ladies were anyway. in, were in <laughs> South Korea. Um, As mm-hmm. I said, Lydia Cote. A winner for the eighteenth time convincing really in the Androids. Uh, she was, I think, a five or six stroke winner there on the LBGA. So very, very comfortable for Lydia, sorry, it was four strokes over Andrea Lee um in the end four, there. Hannah- four bogeys for the four bogeys for the whole tournament,
0: by the way. She's um I mean we- <laughs> sixty five of seventy
1: two green in regs. We've spoken a lot. We've just literally spoken about Rory's resurgence. We've spoken a lot about it, but we have, um, we have kept a close eye on Lydia Coe. Her return to form is a, is a great story in, in women's golf, more broadly in international golf, but obviously a soft spot for her being a, a Kiwi uh, and an incredible, one of the most blistering starts to any career, male or female, in terms of emergence on the scene. Had a very lean period, as we know, uh, very Spieth-esque. In terms of lean period, but shit, she's come back uh, far better than Jordan ever did or has. Uh, so, yeah, it's a credit to Lydia Ko. Um, she's great for Australasian golf and a winner for the 18th time on the LPGA. Uh, Hannah Green, the highest finishing Australian in a tie for 10th at 10 under in the BMW Ladies Championship. Steph Curieaku, uh, seven under in a tie for 19th. Steph doing some relatively good things as she's mm-hmm. flying away around the world. She was playing well in the Aramco. Team series last week as well. Sue Oh and a tie for 40th at three under. Minji Lee one under a tie for 51st. Uh, and that is the Australians that were in the field. A no cut event there at the BMW Ladies we might, Championship.
0: We might have to do some digging on this, and we probably should have done it before we hit the record button. But Jin Young Ko withdrew after shooting an 80 in the opening round and then a 79. In the second round, including in the first round, a ten on the par five eighteenth. So I don't know what happened, um, but maybe we'll find out and we'll update people next week.
1: Not what we have come to expect from Jin Co. <laughs> on the Not slides, at all. To be fair, I'll Google it quickly see if anything comes up. Still, still walks away with three thousand seven hundred and twenty-one US dollars yeah. worth of prize money. After two think. rounds and a withdrawal. That's fascinating. Yeah, not sure about that. that.
0: Uh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> doesn't. Very, very interesting. Far from a usual play open with one under 35, signed for an 80, which is two strokes higher than any score she'd previously recorded on the LPGA Tour. Fascinating. Doesn't really say why she withdrew. Okay. Maybe just had a gutful.
1: I've just, so I've just, by virtue of, Seeing that from Jin Young-Ko and then taking a look at a prize money. I've just spent a little bit of time down at the bottom end of the leaderboard here for the BMW Ladies' Championship. Some names you wouldn't necessarily dread to expect to see. Paddy Tavitaniket mm. has finished 11 over through yep. four rounds in outright 73rd. Uh, Soyeon Ru four over, tie for 66th. Mm. Lee Six from South Korea, six over, outright 70th. Very interesting. Interesting. Not necessarily name. I mean, names that we would think. At and, the other end. Uh, other end. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. We're, yep. were for a strong period of time, particularly in the. Uh, what was it? The, the South Korean summer. You remember that it wasn't all that long ago? Probably, back, uh, to be fair. I always get my top, This is probably two years ago now. But you remember that period of time where it was like the South Korean women were like four of the top six? We We're saying that it was going to mm. be hard, like, literally the hardest international sporting team in the world to get on was the South Korean women's Olympic golf team.
0: Yes. Yeah. It was leading into the Olympics. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Which is, I don't know what couple of years ago now.
1: Lovely. Oh, it's all measured into one, my friend. <laughs> uh, on the DP world tour, the Mallorca golf open was the third and final event through the Spanish swing. Uh, Yannick Paul uh, won that. The German, uh, he, on that by stroke over his fellow German, whose name I'm not going to try and pronounce, Nikolai von Dellinghausen. Could oh, oh, you guess any more German? Uh, oops. What is this? Uh, Yannick Paul was on 59 watch on uh, Saturday. We ended up hitting a 62, but he was, I think he was nine under through 11, I believe. And then the wheels fell off a little bit there. Ryan Fox, the highest finishing Australasian, as we like to say, the truth. Uh, <laughs> he was he in finished- the final
0: group, I believe. I think he was. believe he was in the final group, but didn't play that well on Sunday.
1: Two strokes, not that well. He hit 74, so not well at all. Mm. Uh, he hit 74 on Sunday and only finished two strokes back off the wind. So, uh, so Scotty Hend, goodness me, he's, uh, spent, spent a little less time on the old Twitter, a little more time on uh, the course. He's finishing in a tie for an 11th there, the highest finishing Australian. Uh, just scrolling down the leaderboard. Uh, wasn't an overly well-attended tournament. Mav Ancliffe, uh, the only other Aussie to make the cut at one over. Scriv. Scriv's not having a great season, is he? He's missed the cut again there in uh, in Europe. Unusual for him. You can generally bank on him playing a weekend. Not the case of late, it seems, and those are the only Australians or Australasians, uh, yes. as we like to say, Drudes, in the field at the DP World. Um, That's probably about it. I think so. Is there anything else we said we were going to cover? Uh, sorry, there was. Corn Ferry Two. Oh, yes. Uh, Q School, second round. Uh, look, tough, tough end mm-hmm. for a number of Australians, uh, not least of which our mate was. Goodness, we had some entertaining exchanges and messages with the Wizard uh, after his, I believe it was his third round. Uh, mm. Goodness me, it was a 77, I think. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of insight into the uh, the the mindset of the player coming off after a seventy seven, and there was uh, some choice language. I'll put it that way. But I, I just love yeah. that, like, where the where the punching the bag.
0: Yeah, yeah, wear the outlet. Like, I really, <laughs> really appreciate it because obviously, you know, we won't we won't repeat any of it on on, on the show. But gee whiz, it was it was very very entertaining. Uh, and I must admit, when I woke up, I believe it was Saturday morning after obviously. You'd had sort of three hours ahead of me, or two hours in terms of time zones. uh, Woke up to quite a few messages between you and Waz, which was entertaining to to go back and read through. So hopefully we see him uh, back here soon. I'm not sure what his plan is. He might be still Monday queuing, but we'll see.
1: Look, it was an exchange of thoughts. That he certainly needed at the time. I think he was searching for a 58 or 59 on a Sunday to maybe put himself (laughs) in the conversation of scraping in. So that gives people an indication of where his head was at. Uh, But look, if nothing else, it'll mean we'll see him. uh, I believe back here for the Vic PGA. Uh, So looking forward to. We'll have our annual catch up with the Wizard um, when he's back on home soil and the, uh, the time zone is a bit more manageable. I'm actually just looking here. So Ryan Ruffles was playing. Uh, and he did not qualify out of his event. Which uh which ones? This, this is the one in Georgia, I believe. But I'm looking here. I'm seeing a Curtis Luck, mm. but Windermere, Florida, is where he's listed as being from. Yeah, they. I
0: think they would do that. Even if you look at Waza, they might still say Scottsdale. Not sure. Mm. Bit funny. Oh, I suppose Bit-
1: Ruffles Ruffles is Windermere, Florida, so yeah. that must be the one in the same Curtis Luck. He definitely has. He finished at 19 under, so he is through to the final round. But yeah, Beautiful. number of number of Aussies weren't as lucky. That was sorry, that was in um, Plantation, Florida. Yeah, uh, that tournament. There's a number of Aussies that missed. Wizza missed. Nathan Barbieri missed. Gailey missed, um, which is great news for me and my bet of him. Order Merrick, we can get him home and start playing some tournaments. Thanks, Gailey. Um, but obviously, not great for him. I would love to see him obviously get through and maybe get his cards. So yeah. A double-edged sword. Uh, but, look, to those boys that, uh, look, uh, they've given it a red-hot crack. Austin Batiste, Johnny Laris. It was a great, It's great to see, to be honest, see a full list of Aussies kind of having a, a crack at getting themselves through to that final round, which is not going to be the case. So, uh, best of luck to Curtis Luck, who seems to be the one flying the flag for us. But what I would say is expect an influx. I mean, yeah, we kind of said it before, before I even looked at all those names. Uh, Who've been playing overseas because there's been a number, also mm. European Tour Q School. Oh, no, Elvis Smiley's been over there. Oh, that Vic PGA it's goodness me. It'll be yeah. a red hot field. Yeah, red hot field. It will uh, be. Which is strength excellent. of field will be up. Yeah, yeah. I think be uh, interesting to see the distribution of order merit points after that one. I think mm-hmm. that'll be be fascinating well my friend that'll probably do us uh yeah. we have we have actually managed to keep this one within an hour which uh I'm which is good not <laughs> stringing it out any further because that's a rare achievement for the boys uh it's been wonderful to have you company against good to see you in one piece mentally physically emotionally uh after your big weekend and uh look we'll be back in he's got a few things planned in the coming weeks uh we've got one I had to put on the back burner last week A few. uh sick children at home but there's a, there's a tournament Druids that's popped up uh, mm. popped up in my search function the algorithm is known well on Instagram the Cathedral Invitational which is happening at the Cathedral Lodge it's a, a beautiful course uh, it's about an hour and a half northeast of Melbourne down in Victoria and uh, it would be fair to say it's drawn some impressive names so we're uh, looking to get one of the founders of this tournament on in the coming weeks and I'm sure as we say we'll catch up with the wizard There's a few of the other boys start to come at the moment. We'll get some catch-ups in the diary. So plenty to come, Druids. We are right at the very beginning of this Australian summer, and we will be your one-stop shop for the latest news, views, and interviews uh, across the summer. I just came up with that then. I hope you like it. (laughs) All right, mate. We'll catch you next week.